Welcome, everybody, to episode 103 of the Dorksman Podcast. I am Nate, a.k.a. the only person on today not named Joey. I am <laughs> Fire Truck Joey. <laughs> and Fire Truck Joey and Not Joey are joined by very special guests. I will let him introduce himself. Hey, this is uh, Rice Balls, a.k.a. The other Joey, a.k.a. the Joey Prime Prime. No, no. Why are you trying to say my thing, man? <laughs> I said Joey Prime Prime. Ooh, prime Prime. Double Prime. <laughs> that's a, that's prime like a double, squared, double negative that cancels <laughs> itself out. Can, can uh, what do you be, be primetime? Can what do you guys be Deion Sanders? The Deion Sanders variant? <laughs> I'm not Joey? that good. I'm not that no. smooth. AKA, I'm not that confident in myself. AKA Super Rice, AKA Jokey. Ooh, that's a good one. So do we know this is the actual Asian Joey because the other Asian Joey got banned from Twitter recently. So we're not sure who's uh, with this. Just yeah, this sus- is definitely a variant. Yeah. Just suspended because I was interacting with some weird BTS army accounts. Yeah, Mike. Why you, why, why you got to fuck around like that, MC? Don't quit quit messing around over there, MC Dizzle. Yeah, um, I got I got notices from Twitter saying, yeah, we, we noticed that you were uh, interacting with some suspicious accounts that like to inflate their their numbers and stuff. So they kind of conflated me with them. So, Well, we're glad nice. you're back. We're glad you're black. Glad you're back. Did you um, say you're glad he's black? Glad he's black. <laughs> he is wearing black today. He's wearing all black today. So. He is wearing a Beehive he Midtown is... hat too, which is pretty nice. Shout out to uh, the average nerd and Av over at Beehive. He's got a Loki shirt on too. He I'll does. See the horns. He does. Oh, I, awesome. I don't. Loki I've just got a Seattle Mariners shirt on. The old school one with the Trident M. Got the Monstars jersey on today because Space Jam just released, and I took and it, it out on all the shoes that I tried to get from the Space Jam movie because why? Why would they be popular? The movie sucked. I thought you why? got a pair. I thought you got the. Oh, I got the Marvin. Versus... The Marvin Bugs. Um, which was so that's really not dumb. all of them. So okay, one out of three. Yeah. So three. stop being dumb. No, I will never. Okay, keep being never. dumb. I will. Um, anyways, welcome to this week's episode. Uh, really quick, going to run through our housekeeping. Make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram at the underscore dorksman. Uh, you can always email us at dorksman at gmail.com. Uh, be prepared for a robot email because we don't like to respond to our emails. Uh, and if there's any actual legitimate people out there looking to get a hold of us, we're really sorry that we sent you a robot email. But if it's important, we will read it and we will actually get back to you properly. Uh, if you like to play Dorksman Bingo, uh, podcast bingo is at dorksmanbingo.com. Uh, log into there you can play bingo as always shout out to andrew of the brothers newland for building that for us and also larry from the sts guys for building that amazing redirect so i don't have to remember that stupid long url we had previously um make sure you're following uh, cts media on twitter at cts media and it's uh, across the streams media.com that's where our podcast is that's where a lot of other podcasts are like secondary heroes and burn appetite and the uh Burt Reynolds. Reynolds and Charles Bronson yes. podcast. Um, uh, three beers and a mic. Lots of lots of great podcasts on there, and always more being added. So make sure you check them out. Check us out on there. Uh, it's honestly the perfect website. Uh, everything gets updated instantly uh, when we upload our up episodes, and everything works really smoothly there. So make sure you're checking everything out on there. And if there's a podcast on there that you're interested in, there's going to be something you're interested in on there. And if there's not. Um, let us know. We can probably try to get another podcast added because there's always more being added at all yeah. the time. We'll, we'll just have Clint start a new one for whatever that topic is. Yeah. 
And speaking yeah. of Clint, he uh, got since, pruned. Yes, he pruned himself. <laughs> <laughs> He's all Love the way in tried. Oregon. Yeah, and he succeeded. He did it. He <laughs> did it. He's in a he's in Oregon, I think, for a wedding. So Clint isn't here today. Um, because of that, there's no Ask Dorksman questions because he's literally the only person that pulls the questions for us because we're lazy. And, and little uh, known fact about Clint, he only travels to states where weed is legal recreation-wise. Went from lived- Colorado to to Oregon, and I'm not sure where he's going to end up next. But that's where he only travels, just for those of you Was it legal in Hawaii? track at home. I think it is. Is it? Well, that's good. Uh, I don't know. Do I look like the type of person that keeps up with that kind of stuff? You're a teacher. You should know these things. No. My <laughs> kids don't go nowhere. They stay They stay put. The furthest they go is to Walmart. I'm sure it's a really nice Walmart. <laughs> it's, it's a Walmart, man. It's it's, it's not nice. <laughs> it is what it is. It's a Walmart. I'd, li- I'd like to see a nice Walmart. Just What would be a nice Walmart? One. What would be a target? Nice a super target. I was <laughs> about to say. Yeah. <laughs> What's the difference between a super target? Do they have like restaurants? Groceries. Super oh, target yeah. has a grocery section. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I said it's it's that's what it is. It's super target is the nice Walmart. We had a target up here, very briefly, and uh, it was great until it wasn't great. As in, they just got rid of it, and they were like, "No more Target in Canada." And it was like, "Well, damn." Way to tease us with the great deals and then take it away from us. And then replace they replaced that exact location where Target was with a Walmart. Oh. So you can't even make this shit up. That's a downgrade, man. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Walmart's cool, but you know, it's no Target. But they're they're both pretty terrible, let's be honest. No, Target's great. Is it? That's where actually where other me lives. He lives inside of He a does live inside a Target. Yeah. In Walmart. the camping section. <laughs> yep. No, just the pop section. <laughs> he just it's wakes nice. up every morning. Oh, what are y'all stocking today? Oh. <laughs> it's got a nice window, nice window behind him and stuff. You know, it's it's, it's, it's nice being in Target Targetlandia because uh, home of Target HQ. You have a you have a super Target almost around every corner. So if you're if you're looking for something, if it's not at one, just hop in your car, drive five minutes, and you're at the next one. And there's that's crazy to me because yeah. there's the nearest Target to me is. 10 15 minutes away uh depending on traffic and then the next one's like a good hour and a half away <laughs> jeez so yeah i don't it's closer don't... than any target that i can go to i have to cross the border that damn border that's still closed oh that's right can't even can't even get to a target right now if i wanted to someone was like hey get to a target i'll give you a hundred million dollars i couldn't get to a target i'd probably just run across the border and deal with this, the consequences honestly but you know, legally, I can't get to a Target currently. Have they so, announced when the borders will open up? There's rumors that they want to allow fully vaccinated people to start crossing the border in August. I think because I think the actual um, the actual agreement between the countries expires on the 21st, so actually, like in a couple of days. But the problem is, the cases are up in the U.S. right now because of the variant and the thing is also it's like it's just the problem is not people unvaccinated people are the problem right yeah. they're the ones that are getting sick and like that's unfortunate but let's clarify it's the unvaccinated people that are not being safe and not wearing their masks because there are people Correct. out there that are unvaccinated Correct. and not by choice like they have some kind of health right. condition or something right, right, else right. that prevents them from being able to get the vaccine but right. yeah so it's those jerks 
Well, they're just kids. Unvaccinated, unmasked. Ding-dongs. Yeah, adults. The worst worst kind of adult. But yeah, I think so. It's one of those things where I personally am a little weary about traveling, even if the borders do open, like immediately, just because I know that... I think in LA they just reinstated the the mask policy for indoors, yep. which is like they were you know they were quite ahead and everything was going well with their vaccine rollout and everything was really going really well for LA and then like all of a sudden it's like, well sorry we got to go back to this because there's a huge rise in cases so um, kind of playing it by ear by now but I would truly just love to go across the border and pick up my packages i think i have like 10 things across the border that i need to pick up <laughs> that that deadpool is still waiting up for you over there yeah 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 so i just i just want to get across the border and pick it up just so i can get my stuff but thankfully like the the place that i ship to they're they've been very good about it they've just been holding our stuff for a year and a half now without charging me any additional fees which is which is really nice so shout out to 5d shipping if you use you know if you need a p.o box if you're in canada 5D shipping is, is, is definitely the way to go. Dorksman Podcast, of that. sponsored by 5D shipping. I wish. That would be amazing. <laughs> it's really cheap. It's actually really, really good. It's like a $2 a package for a flat rate. Um, they hold it for 30 days, and then after 30 days, it's like a quarter a day as a you know storage fee. But mm-hmm. they've waived that because of the pandemic. So oh, really like, I literally have things sitting there for like over a year that they've just been holding on to me. I think Eva sent me something for my birthday, not this year, but last year. So <laughs> there's, there's like a box of Eva baked cookies or something sitting in oh. a box <laughs> inside of the Hopefully it's not a box warehouse. of mold by now. Yeah, absolutely. So good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, anyways, I think that's enough of a, of a timeline divergent that we've had for the start of this episode. Let's so, it. Yes. Nate created the Nexus event. I did. <laughs> I, I, we did it by having two Joeys on. Again. We did, yes. We did. Yes. We're going to yeah. cuddle around the lake and share a blanket and a long, <laughs> yeah. longing Have look at each other and, and create yeah. another one. Yeah. 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 Um, but before we get into it, make sure you are fully warned. This is a spoiler-filled episode discussing all things around the incredible amazing tv series loki uh, that is out on disney plus right now if you have not watched it or if you have not caught up please do yourself a favor and pause the episode it'll be here when you're done watching it binge it it's only six episodes it's absolutely worth your time and you've been warned so if you get spoiled from here on out that is your own darn fault and blame clint blame clint if uh, if if it's if he screws you up but yes loki Personally, my favorite MCU TV series. I know Joey, Tall Joey, and I have have argued about this a little bit. He still stands by Daredevil being really, really, you know, yes. the best. Yes. And you know, I Daredevil's really good, but it's no Rude. Loki. Yeah. <laughs> I, see, I don't even put it number one for Disney Plus uh, MCU. Wow. Series. Yeah. Wow. Be careful here. I cause... still think. WandaVision is is number mm. one there. I mean, I know we only have three, so we can you know have this discussion right, in right, rankings right. again next next year after Hawkeye and What If and a few of the others have maybe yeah. come out. Um, but as of right now, WandaVision still does hold a place, even though it got off to kind of a slow start with the sitcom stuff. To me, by the time you got finished with the series, that actually made it better because it, it kind of built the mm-hmm. tension and and kind of made made. 
it made the payoff at the end better to me. Um, Loki, I didn't have that same... I mean, there was tension, don't get me wrong, because me and other me discuss this, you know, after every episode about, you know, the twists and the turns and, you know, what, what they were trying to set up for the next one. So it was still there, but it didn't seem to play out as well to me as, as WandaVision did. I'll, I'll put it above um, Falcon and Winter Soldier um, as far as the three Disney Plus series, but I'm not going to put it at number one just yet. Prune yourself. Yep, okay. <laughs> Asian See, Jordan, me, what do you think? I, yeah. I, I don't know. I I don't disagree with you, but I feel like WandaVision had much better writing. Mm-hmm. But as mm-hmm. far as the implications of what's going forward, uh, Loki kind of supersedes the probably the, the best MCU show so far. Um, not by much, because WandaVision is a very close second. But mm-hmm. I, I like I like how Loki set things up more than what WandaVision did. And I think that's that was probably deliberate. And we don't know exactly if things had to change behind the scenes for some of this stuff because of COVID and delays and, and whatnot, mm-hmm. especially of the movies in the MCU. Um, but... I feel like a lot of people's strong feelings towards Loki, the character, uh, is probably why, A, people like Nate are like, yeah, this is the best one, which is totally understandable. I'm not trying to gatekeep what you like and what you don't like. Uh, but B, I'm also assuming this is probably why they used that of the three series as the lead-in for obviously the the multiversal for what's next that, that's going to yeah. be coming right a wandavision did that to a certain extent you know especially at the end with her studying the dark hold and you know her gaining all these you know new powers and all that stuff but obviously not like joey said to the degree that uh loki set it up for for moving forward but I, we're probably getting our head ahead of ourselves into more yeah. the end of the discussion mm-hmm. for today yeah I mean, I... leading leading up to both all three series even starting you you would have thought or we would have assumed that WandaVision was the one that all of a sudden she breaks and that's what causes the whole multiverse of madness mm-hmm. or whatever's mm-hmm. happening in Spider-Man. I, I didn't see this one coming. Until, no, not at all. Yeah, not until, until that the last, last episode. episode of Loki. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because in all really actuality, they, they didn't really need to use the Disney Plus series to set up anything. I mean, because right. before Doctor Strange comes out, which I feel like, is going to be the one that's going to really set up the, you know, the kind of next big arc, right? A lot of these movies can kind of stand on their own and maybe play a little bit in it. But, you know, that that's the one that I feel is going to really kick things off uh, for that whole big arc. Um, but, I mean, it could have been Spider-Man. They could have used Spider-Man to set all this up and maybe had a just an in-credit scene in eternals or something like that that would have linked to spider-man but instead they they use this series to set it up which is great because i like the fact that they are acknowledging the connection obviously between the mcu on disney plus and in the movies unlike what they did with the um netflix series and even what they did with agents of shield there was connection and i think for those that are fans they understand that it's like Agents of Shield connected to the to the movies, but the movies didn't connect to Agents of Shield really, as far as telling stories and stuff. So I, I like that there's all that integration in it, and it's not just oh, it, we're going to just do this standalone episode, and it's going to be kind of self-contained. It's not really going to have any big implications in in the movies, but that's what it is. It's more like 
to me, it feels like they're using the Disney Plus series to do this long-form, fill-in-the-gap series that takes place in between the movies. Now, I don't know how it'll play out once the movies kind of get rolling again. You know, mm-hmm. we got three more coming up before the end of the year, which is a lot. Um, obviously, I think Hawkeye plays at some point around maybe December when um, Spider-Man comes out. So, mm-hmm. um, obviously, from Black Widow, we know there's an probably be a connection there but yeah uh, like i said i like the way everything is kind of connecting together just in general terms i think with um it's interesting you're talking about like using the end credit scene and stuff like that to set up the next sequence of events um it's kind of interesting how when they were doing uh, into the spider-verse like that could have just easily been the bridge because it's like that's when everything was like holy crap there's a ton of different spider-mans and it's like mm-hmm. they could easily been like let's just use that as the jumping off point but they didn't which i'm very glad they didn't because then you get what we got with loki mm-hmm. um but like going back to our discussion from last week with black widow again spoiler filled uh black widow discussion and this is a black widow spoiler at the end of the uh the end credits of that where they set up the hawkeye show right like and it's just little things like that but i'm glad that they're going away from those little snippets and just going straight to let's tell a full story and round it all out because um, like even just the first 10 years of the MCU sitting through and seeing like, Oh God, you got that glimpse of Thanos. Like that was badass. And you didn't see Thanos for 10 years later, you know? And like that payoff just wasn't there, but now it's like, we can do a snippet at the movie. Your payoffs coming in four months because that's when the Hawkeye show comes out. Your payoff for Loki is happening as soon as Dr. Strange drops, like there's no more year wait or two, three, four years wait for the payoff. It's like, we're getting stuff, we're getting stuff fast and we're getting a lot of it, which I really enjoy. Personally. Well, I mean the Loki series itself is a payoff from Avengers Endgame. Yes. I, I, well, maybe not payoff. Maybe I shouldn't use that term, right. but it's, it's a connection. It's a bridge, right? You know, to that where, Oh, he took the Tesseract disappeared. What's going to happen? Oh, we're going to get a whole series out of it. Uh, and this was another thing we, uh, 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 other Joey and I were talking about is basically the multiversal war was caused by Hulk's hatred of taking stairs. Like if yes. that wouldn't have been a thing, <laughs> we wouldn't be in the situation we're in now. It's true. Somebody also mentioned to me in a different chat. They're saying that now, now Doctor Strange has to go fix everything because he decided to check a text message while he was driving. It's <laughs> incredible. That's incredible. So that's kind of where we start with the series is, you know, picking up from Endgame where he's, mm-hmm. you know, using the Tesseract and up oh, all of a sudden he's captured by this TVA, the Time Variance Authority, that's their job to correct these diverging timelines, these Nexus events that cause these kind of splits, right? And so that's kind of our first taste of the series is when he gets processed in a very bureaucratic type of way. And I, I loved that about the first episode where he's like got to take a number and he's got to go meet with these people and sign this paperwork. <laughs> and then finally, after being processed, he goes before the judge. I just I just love that kind of integration of, of stuff that we... It's like going to the DMV, right? So like we all know what that's like having to deal with that. Um, and I love how they incorporated that into that episode. I thought that was that was brilliant. That was fun. He's just like... Because you see, you get the full opposite of the Loki character from... He escapes. He's like super happy to be like, hey, I'm free. What am I going to do now? All of a sudden, he's... Like you said, he's brought into this like jurisdiction. And it's like, 
He's in handcuffs. There, he does have no idea what's going on, and it's just everything is order. So it's the complete opposite of what he's used to. Mm. He's used mm-hmm. to just doing whatever he wants, whenever he wants, and all of a sudden, he's like, "Get in line, get a number." And it's like, "But there's nobody else in front of me. Like, why do I need to get a number?" And then he watches that guy get pruned because he did. He lost his number. He's like, "Wait, I'm gonna get my number?" You know, like so. It's just seeing like just how quickly he has to adapt and be out of his element was just uh, just a huge testament to Tom Hiddleston and his acting ability as well, right? Like he's such a great actor. He is. He he's the one that made this not this just this series, but this character, right? Mm. Uh, and again, this is something Joey and I were discussing offline earlier. Uh, we were talking about. I know we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but the actor that's playing Kang and the, He Who Remains and and mm-hmm. all the variants, etc., whatever. Um, and I just I, I made mention that I thought it was kind of odd that they chose not a no name. I mean, the man does have some credits to his name. He's been in a few things, but he's not like a big name, right? It's not like a big draw. It's not like he would be like the headliner on a movie if he was in it or something like that, you know. And and Joey made a good point. He's like, well, you know, Chris Hemsworth and Tom Hiddleston weren't either when when Thor first came out. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's a great point. You know, I think Marvel has a great way of of picking out these people that then they almost become stars because of Marvel instead of the other way around. I think they've shown now that they don't need big names to be brought on. They can make you a big name, so to speak. And I think that was great that they brought this guy in. Again, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Yeah. Um, I think they did that by design with Thor. Mm-hmm. Like almost like when the original Thor was casting, they weren't sure how it was going to be received because all of a sudden they were going from earthly heroes to godly heroes Mm -hmm. and they i don't think they quite knew that mcu was going to be a either a thing or if it was going to take off but they ended up casting just a whole bunch of no names yeah um and as far as the first episode before we kind of move on to some of the other events that took place uh as the show unfolded that is my favorite episode the first episode Mm -hmm. i just think when he's sitting down with Mobius and kind of going through his life, so to speak, like his life's accomplishments, right? And he's, of course, shown that the, the I guess, Loki Prime, I guess it, we'll call it that, the one that is killed by Thanos, you know, he sees all this stuff and he's like just having this, I guess, existential crisis, for lack of a better term, about what's going on with, with his life. And it's just, it was heartbreaking, you know, to, to see what he is feeling. I mean, you could see it on Tom Hiddleston's face, the way he, he played that part. And it's crazy too, that a lot of us, I'm sure it wasn't just me felt bad for the guy that was really the big bad before Thanos. Right. I mean, this is the guy that they had to fight. This is the guy, the Avengers fought. This is the one, the, you know, battle of New York when the Avengers first to get together. He's, he's the bad guy there, right? Uh, Him and, um, uh, why can't I think of his name right now? The one that, um, not Ronan yeah Ronan Ronan the Accuser yes there we go so it's kind of them two right you know but Loki's kind of the face of what's going on so it's crazy that he is an actor and Feige and all them and the writers have managed to turn you to oh that's somebody I should be sympathetic for you know because Mm -hmm. he just got like shown this crushing information and you know this guy's kind of you know telling him you know about his life's purpose and all that kind of stuff and it's it's very good storytelling it's not just comic movie and comic tv show storytelling it's 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 quality it's quality stuff if you get into it 
if you have a chance, you should look up uh, Sarah Finn. She is the casting director for Marvel and has her, she's had her hand in casting every single actor, well, nearly every single major actor for the MCU from the very beginning, from Iron Man all the way up to Endgame. Really? She's, mm-hmm. she, she needs to, you know, get a raise. Even if they've given her a raise, she needs another raise. Um, so, you know, that's kind of like the beginning of it, you know, him figuring out. And then, of course, Mobius and, you know, is trying to vouch for him to help them catch this other variant of him that we discover is the one causing all the the problems and going around and, and causing all the mischief. And lo and behold, it ends up being Sylvie. Or, I guess, um, see, I don't know. I'll ask you, Joey, because you have a better comic background than us. Is that supposed to be the Enchantress too, Or is it just Sylvie? So, so in the comics, the Enchantress was... Sylvie, and then there was Lady Loki, who was kind of two separate characters. Uh-huh. Uh, Lady Loki was, I, from what I remember, I'm, this I'm not as well versed as some other people I know, but she was originally Sif, and when Loki uh, came back, took over as the body of of Sif. So that's why Lady Sif looks a lot like Lady Loki in the uh, comics. Gotcha. So. In the comics, the Enchantress is Sylvie, but in the MCU, I feel like they kind of just did an amalgam of both characters. I Lady was about Loki, to say, yeah. In fact, you used the same word I was about to use. It's like an amalgamation of the of the two characters, which yep. I think is great, you know, because you can't include literally every little iteration of these these people. So sometimes you have to combine, you know, different characters, especially when the comics get a little sloppy with the way they kind of spin stuff. And then there's this variation of it in this comic series and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. So I think they did a good job with that. And I think they did a great job with that character and developing her too and, and make you feel for her and trying to understand her. Um, the one thing that I would complain about, I guess, is looking at the series as a whole. It was their relationship was, it was difficult to be vested in for me personally because it's like they wanted to kind of spin this romantic aspect of it, I think, or at least that's what I felt like they were trying to push. But to me, that's weird because they're, are they the same person? They're not the same person. Are they like, it's is it like, you know, if you would kind of get it on with your clone. So it was kind of weird. And I, I know I'm not the only one, because I saw that on Twitter too, especially again, jumping fast forwarding to the end when they shared that kiss or whatever, people like, Oh, that's, I don't know about that, you know? And so that their relationship dynamic, I think was, the one part that I felt like they could have done a little differently, like I think they could have kept it platonic to where it was like more of him seeing her as, as an equal uh, more so than almost like a love interest type of thing, um, which I felt like they were trying to play up a little too much. I, I, I don't know. Again, that's just me. That's just my personal opinion about it. That's, that's what I would say was probably one of the weaker points for me is, not all their relationship, because again, I think some of it was very strong, so I don't want to come off mm. as saying that whole thing was just dumb and ruined it. I think the, the romantic elements that they kept trying to kind of push off were the ones that kind of threw me for the character's uh, relationship. Isn't that like the most perfect Loki thing, though, to fall in love with yep. the female version Narcissism. of himself, right? Like, and it was it was beyond... I, I see what you, I see what your point is about that, but it was beyond anything physical for me in that relationship. It was 
what she represented and what she was to him. In the, if that makes but sense. But if it wasn't know? physical, then why did they have to have him kiss at the end? It was like they were doing that because that's right. what they thought people would want to see. Right. Because I get what right. you're saying, I, and I get the mm-hmm. narcissism thing, and I think that's great. And it's like you could have just played that up more as I'm in love with you know the aspect of me and not like a sexual type of love relationship right. if that makes right. sense i almost saw that it more as more of a loki's trick slash misdirect she mm. used that as as a way to get to the the temp pad that's sitting on the desk hmm. yeah that's that's true too and but there were some other moments like yeah. on on the planet and the names escaping me right now um Oh right, it was like episode three, I think it was, when they're running in the when they're on that planet and uh, Lamentus, Lamentus, yep. yes, yeah, that was so, that like was that one moment, of my favorite episodes. It, yeah. uh, and for some reason, it's the lowest rated, and I don't get that because I thought yeah, it was a great episode too, yeah. you know. And and I yeah. I wish they would have kept the relationship kind of in that kind of box that they kind mm. of put it in when they were sharing that look, you know, while they were waiting for the world to be uh, destroyed. Right. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, but I, I guess moving on from the relationship, I don't want to harp on but, that. But but before much. that, can we can we just be thankful that Joss Whedon didn't have anything to do with the Loki show? Because <laughs> if he, you know what I mean, like if if he was at any hand in this, they would have boned in episode one, right? Like that's just like that's just that's just how it would have been. It's just I'm glad he has nothing to do with this anymore. Anyways, carry on, Joey. So um, after that, obviously they they join up with each other, and they're you know they're trying to you know accomplish this end goal of taking down the TVA, and they want to see the the timekeepers, and so they finally get there, and they discover that the timekeepers are just robots, basically that they're not actually actual entities to deal with, and then we kind of get the the idea that Renslayer is. I still don't know if she's quote unquote a bad guy because you could just say she's you know just a corporate worker just, you know, loyal to the company, right? And just, you know, doing what she's, you know, been told. So I I don't want to until season two where she shows up somewhere else because I know there's some comic backstory with her and Kang actually having a relationship. So I don't really want to judge too much there. Uh, but there's that whole situation that evolves. And then, then we get to one of my favorites is seeing the other Loki variants as mm-hmm. kind of like an in-credit deal. And then, of course, the whole next episode deals with uh, Kid Loki, um, classic Loki. Although I don't think they use that terminology. I think that's just you know kind of what we used afterwards. Uh, you get um, oh why can't I think of the name boastful Loki? Um, and then of course I guess President Loki is what they, we're calling the one that had like kind of the bad Max crew with him when they come to uh, uh, the the lair, the hideout, whatever. And then of course everybody's favorite. Alligator Loki. Gator Loki. Mm-hmm. Gator Loki. Um, so that was great. I loved how they incorporated some of these other versions of Loki that we've seen in the comics as variants. You know, of course, and that's after we discover that when you get pruned, it doesn't kill you. You go to this. I, I don't know, Joey. What is, is is there a specific name for where they're at in, in this particular uh, area? They just called it some void at the end of time where basically Oliath would just consume anything and everything in his path 
Right, unless you were, you know, survivors like the locals yeah. were, and they managed to survive, you know, Elias' wrath and didn't have to deal with that. And then, of course, we get to the point where uh, Mobius and Sylvie show up, and Sylvie, with Loki's help, eventually is able to enchant uh, Elias, and then that takes them to and takes us to the last episode where, first of all, we get a jump scare from Miss Minutes. Yes. Who <laughs> apparently made people pee themselves. I, I personally, I. I watched it twice, and I, it it was kind of a jump scare, but it wasn't like everybody on Twitter was making it out to be like it was the scariest thing in the world. Uh, but I, I thought it was funny the way people. It was just surprising more than anything because she just like pops up. She's just this massive. Hey y'all! Thing. Yeah. Hey y'all! And uh, tries to kind of uh, I don't want to say bribe them, but but cut a deal on behalf of he who remains, and then that's kind of where we get to the end. Uh, or to the, I guess, the meat and potatoes of the episode, right? Where they get to talk to He Who Remains, who is... And I'll let Bowie take over for this as far as <laughs> if you can kind of explain to everybody the Nathaniel Richards. Or is it Richardson? Nathaniel Richards, yeah. Richards. So if you can kind of explain that and He Who Remains and Kang, because you can do a better job of it than I yeah, can. And definitely. that'll probably... That'll basically take us to the end of the episode where we can start speculating a little bit and stuff. So I'm I'm a terrible explainer. So you are um, not. A lot, a lot of this is uh, very wiki heavy. So you know, if my there's anything, if there's anything that uh, that that's out there that I missed or if I don't explain it well enough, wiki definitely goes over it. Um, basically, Nathaniel Richards is uh, the namesake of the father of Reed Richards. Hmm. Uh, not quite a, a direct descendant, but definitely a something that is very, very uh, far from them. But somewhere in the lineage, I believe. Right. So somewhere there's there's genes that are shared between the yep. Reed Richards family and and the Nathaniel Richards yep. from the 31st century. Okay. But he's he's a time traveler. So in the comics. Nathaniel Richards and all these variants that we we came to to find out are one person actually. It's it's Nathaniel Richards who goes back into time, and he's always referred to as somebody different based on where he is in his timeline. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like he goes back into time for the very first time in the time machine to ancient Egypt, and he's he calls himself Ramata. Mm. Um, and he actually disguises his time machine as the Sphinx. Um, mm-hmm. So, but it, in the in the show in the Loki show, they actually turn all his his characters that he his, his goes by as variants, which I thought was rather brilliant because right. he does go he does go by quite a dip, few different names: Iron Lad, Ramatut, Immortus, um, and now in the MCU he's he who remains because he right. he was not kang or uh even related to to richards in the in the comics but this is this is a pretty good write-in who is i'm sorry can you clarify who is not related to richards or kang he who remains is not known as nathaniel richards or uh kang so it's like Conqueror. a separate yeah so it's like a separate character in the mcu Yep. The He Who Remains character. Immort- Immortus is, but not He Who Remains. So Immortus is the guy who would eventually run the TVA, stuff like that. So, Okay. And uh, and again, I, I know the MCU takes a little bit of liberty with some of that. 
uh, stuff. Uh, and I'll, I'm going to touch on this for, for just a minute, too, before we kind of get into more of the Kang and the what this means for the future stuff. So I mentioned earlier that I watched the finale twice. When After the first time I watched the finale, I, I talked to Joey and I was like, I don't know about that episode. Like, I don't know about that finale. Like, it, it, it kind of left me, I don't know, confused, wanting more, a little disappointed, a little of all of that. And so, after A, knowing that this wasn't the end, because we got told as a mid credit scene uh, that there would be a season two, mm-hmm. uh, and then doing a little bit more research on Nathaniel Richards, on Kang, on Immortus, on all these different variations um, that he goes by. And then talking with Joey some, I said, I'm going to go back and watch it a second time. And then on the, after the second time I watched it, I really enjoyed it more. Um, yeah. Which, that's one thing that I think Marvel has done really well over the years with both their movies and now their TV shows, is for those of us like me that are not really heavy into the comics. Like, I may have read a dozen Marvel comics, maybe a little bit more than that. And most of them were X-Men. Like that was the main comic series I read when I was growing up was the X-Men because I love the animated series. So it's what turned me on to the comics. Uh, But for the most part, the casual non-comic book fan can enjoy the movies, can enjoy the Disney plus shows, even the Netflix shows and not really need to have background knowledge and i think loki played that way too all the way up until episode six and i really feel like with episode six if you didn't have that comic background and understand what they were trying to tell you about nathaniel richards and and kang and all that stuff i i think that's what maybe fell flat with some people at first is they were like what did i just see I think that's probably a lot of people's question at the end of that episode was, what did I just watch? Now, a lot of people go on and watch the YouTube videos and do their research, especially the diehard fans. And so I'm sure a lot of people probably did like me and were like, oh, okay, well, let me go back and and rewatch it. So that's probably my only other negative about it besides the kind of Sylvie-Loki relationship being unnecessarily romantic in parts was the fact that I felt like more than ever before with the MCU, I needed to have some kind of background to really thoroughly enjoy and understand episode six. Yeah, I found episode six, perfectly honest, like when I I was expecting a bit more out of the gate of episode six because um, the way episode five ended with that huge battle with like, you know, mm-hmm. Loki figuring out like, hey, we I can do more than just what I can do. Like I can enchant and I can do, I've got more power here than I... Uh, that I haven't realized yet and going to that I thought like like Loki and Sylvie were they were ready for battle I thought there was going to be like a big um something happening and as they start talking as they start going through it I was like okay this is I get what they're doing but I honestly I was a little bit bored uh going into this the the dialogue between the three of them trying to figure it out and then once things started unraveling a bit I was like okay now I get it. Now I'm starting to understand why this is so important, why we needed the explanation, why things are happening the way it did. And I think it mm-hmm. did take that additional step back. And same with uh, Tall Joey there. I don't have a lot of background with the, with the comics, so I, I, I did go in there kind of blind. And I was expecting something that I, that I didn't get. But once I took a step back and realized what I was supposed to get out of it, I enjoyed it much, much more. 
And so, Joey, you're kind of the on the other side of Nate and I. You did have a little bit more of a background knowledge, obviously, from comics and from other stuff. Because you knew about Kang as far as, I remember you bringing him up to me well before we even got close to the finale. Um, so actually I had done a little research before that about Nathaniel Richards. Not a lot, so I knew a little bit. So you obviously had a little bit more background than I did. So how did you enjoy the the sixth episode? I absolutely, I, I loved it. Um, uh, I was kind of the opposite with you guys on the third episode. I loved the exposition with the conversations and the backstories and stuff like that, but it, I, it felt a little slow to me. Um, this one, I was kind of on the edge of my seat the whole time. I wanted to to see how things were going to play out. Uh, going into Loki, we had already known who that Jonathan Majors was cast as Kang the Conqueror. Shout out to him, by the way. Yeah. He absolutely killed it. He did a great uh, job. Yeah. So something I actually just found out today is, or maybe yesterday, is um, Jonathan Majors actually won over the role of Kang the Conqueror in Ant-Man after he was cast as uh, He Who Remains in Loki. So before that, they were planning on having a different actor play. Since it's a variant, they could have had somebody else. Is that the deal? That or they just didn't know what they were going to do with it yet. Oh, okay. Uh, So I I don't know exactly the reasoning. But um, going into this, I actually assumed that Jonathan Majors was first cast as as King the Conqueror in Ant Man, mm-hmm. and then brought back into right. Loki as a cameo to kind of play unravel all the the strings for the variants. Um, but it was the other way around, and that that guy can can act his mannerisms and the way he carries spouts a out a man monologue. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, he he described everything really well. Uh, going into it. I was actually really interested to see how they would approach uh, who He Who Remains is. Because I, I kind of figured that's who it was at the end. It was either going to be He Who Remains or it was going to be actually Kang who was kind of like running things behind the scenes and actually trying to secretly make sure the sacred timeline always remains in his favor. Um, but as soon as I saw Jonathan Majors' uh, face in the episode uh i was really excited because i wanted to see how they were going to approach it um yeah go ahead I, I think before we move on to um talking about the the future of the mcu now with this uh, revelation the multiversal war and and kang possibly being the new big bad um i, th- I think afterwards i think most people understood and, and you and I talked through it that at the end when Loki comes back to the TVA, the, the timekeeper statues uh, are replaced with Kang, right? So we're like, okay, that's, that's who's in control now. I think the one thing that I'm still confused on, and I may be the only one, I don't know, is the variation of the TVA, right? So we're, we're led to believe this entire time that there are different versions of our timeline right multiverses if you if you want to use that terminology but the tva is kind of centralized right so there's not variations of the tva it's just the tva and then they're you know pruning people and and stopping these nexus events and and bringing order back to the sacred timeline right so then at the end we are kind of thrown for a loop 
after we see B-15 and Mobius talking about the, you know, the timeline splitting and all that stuff, we have, we have loose tie Mobius, as, as I'll call him, <laughs> uh, and then flash forward to, to Loki at the TVA where, where Sylvie had, had sent him, uh, we have, um, tight tie, uh, Mobius and B-15, who don't know who Loki is, so, that's the thing that I'm still confused about. Is there other versions of the TVA? Was that version of the TVA reset when Kang took over? Did it split because of the events to where there are going to be two Mobiuses and two B-15s uh, when we come back to Season 2? Or was their memories erased so to speak and this is still just the centralized tva that's the part i'm still kind of trying to wrap my head around and i'm still kind of confused about i don't know if we're meant to know that just yet so i'm wondering if you could contribute to that or if you're this in the same boat as i am uh same same boat really um the only thing we know for a fact is that the way time works in the mcu is it doesn't rewrite like the back to the future does so it, it's not like they would have lost their memories and all of a sudden it's the same timeline but they lost their memories and all of a sudden new statues i, I don't think it's that one specifically but I, I think it's meant to be ambiguous um most likely it is a brand new branch uh because the way the way they're leading us to believe is everything is on a sacred timeline and as things branch out once they pass a certain threshold uh, after that Nexus event, it creates its own timeline or in this case, a, a new universe. Right. Yep. So most likely it is a new universe. So I guess, I guess we have two things to kind of talk about is a, what does this mean for season two of Loki? And then B, what does this mean for the movies uh, that we're seeing. So I guess I guess we'll start with probably the movies since that's what we'll have come out first. So I'm wondering personally before we get to Spider-Man, which I don't know. Y'all may be able to correct me. I don't know if Marvel has come out and said chronologically where the next three movies fit. I know Eternals is probably going to take place over multiple uh, time periods, obviously because of who they are. I think we all understand that. Um, but as far as Shang-Chi, I don't know timeline wise, like, is this taking place past blip or is this something that takes place before the blip? So I'm wondering if the events of what we just saw, are we going to see them before we get to Spider-Man? I think we'll see some of this stuff in Spider-Man. My theory is we may see some kind of mid or end credit scene in either Shang-Chi or Eternals that addresses what happened. Either in uh, WandaVision, Loki, or a combination of the two. So I'm wondering what y'all are thinking about Eternals and Shang-Chi specifically before we talk about Spider-Man. I I agree as far as the timeline. I, I You have to remember that the MCU timeline right now is currently 2024. Right. So I think Disney or Marvel used to be obsessed with making sure each movie was accurate up to that, that day or that year that they're releasing the movie. Mm -hmm. um, and the and Endgame and Infinity War were the first two that kind of broke that mold. 
Uh, so I'm wondering if they're going to try to get back in sync with the same gear as what they're displaying in the movies. Um, and if that's the case, if that's what they want to do, then we're going to start seeing more TV shows or movies that take in be take place in between Infinity War and Endgame uh, to kind of bridge the time till they get up to 2024. I, I, I think that makes sense for Shang-Chi and Eternals. I think you can do that, especially with Eternals. I think you're able to kind of jump around probably in time periods. Uh, and I, I think that would be okay with people. And Shang-Chi does not have to have taken place after the the blip and after everybody comes back. Uh, kind of like what they did with Spider-Man and WandaVision. Obviously those take place uh, after the fact. Um, but Spider-Man, to me, Spider-Man's got to take place in 2024 2025 because unless this is some kind of weird prequel to the second spider-man far from home like i i don't see how it could be not in the future you see what i'm saying like they've already had a movie that's come right. out after the blip you know that was the whole thing oh mm -hmm. all these students all of a sudden are back and they're you know whatever they're they're not as old as everybody else or not as big as everybody else so i think right. spider-man's got to I, I i think maybe the other two don't but i think as far as what you're saying i think they may skip around some more in the following movies the next year but I don't see it. I think once, for sure, once we get to Spider-Man in December and then those movies on, I think they're going to all be post-blip and we're going to be in 2024, 2025, and it'll just be kind of in the future, so to speak, from where we are in reality in 2021 and 2022. No, that that that's absolutely true because of the, the way the events are playing out. I, I think we're going to see a blitz of movies that take place all within the same time period and kind of like shrink things down Mm -hmm. to 2024 2025 and not advance as far as you yeah. know as, as endgame and and uh infinity war took us I but mean, we're gonna see more things in between yeah and, and i mean they could technically make these movies all take place in the marvel timeline over the span of like a month like it doesn't yeah. have to be something that's like oh it's six months later and then it's eight months later so yeah i, I can see that too um, so what are you thinking is coming down for the next three, Nate, that we're going to see this year? Eternals, Shang-Chi, and Spider-Man as far as its involvement, what, what we've seen in the Disney Plus series. So doing a quick Google search, it sounds like Shang-Chi is going to be mostly post-blip. So it's going to be like the 2023-2024 timeline. Mm -hmm. um, as you can see from the trailers and stuff already, there's going to be flashbacks, obviously, because... It's when he was a kid, when he, right. you know, when he realizes his dad has the ten rings, you know, things like that. So it's gonna probably jump around a little bit, but I think the majority of it does take place um, post blip and kind of in that Black Widow kind of time frame. Um, I think Spider Man No Way Home is very telling just in the title. I think that um, No Way Home will take place in like post blip, but it's gonna be he's it's going to be in something you know it's going to be in the multiverse he's going to be somewhere in the diverged timeline and it's just going to be all over the place like i think it's going to be um not resolved in that movie you know what i mean like i think it's going to be a huge setup for uh i think dr strange is going to be yeah. the one after that right. so i think there's going to be like because there was a cliffhanger at the end of uh far from home when it was like mysterio was like exposed him right so I feel like No Way Home is going to be contained in its own story and it's not going to be revealed till the very end that he's stuck in an alternate universe. 
and then he comes then Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness somehow resets the timelines or um, puts everything back into some sort of order or in a way that Strange can control everything and line everything back up and then because the movies after that um, just from a quick look it's going to be like Thor um, yeah Black Thor Panther. Love and Thunder Black um, Panther yeah Miss Miss Marvel's in between that uh, yeah Black Panther She-Hulk like all these movies they don't have that multiverse theme to it right like I think the multiverse stuff is really good for setup but I think it's gonna kind of drop off and we're gonna get back to the regular uh superhero style movies and then of course when the next big team up happens with whatever the state of the avengers are kang's gonna be the big bad for the next 10 years or whatever you know before those movies come out then we'll slowly get reintroduced back to the multiverse stuff i think so yeah that's the way i think it is is it's gonna play out you know, I'm, I want to touch on something you mentioned just now about the the next Avengers team up, because if you look at the the films that have been announced so far, right, run through them again real quick: Shang Chi, Eternals, Spider Man, Doctor Strange, Thor, Black Panther, the Marvels, which is the next Captain Marvel movie, mm-hmm. uh, the third Ant Man, third Guardians of the Galaxy, and then tentatively Fantastic Four. Okay, right. nowhere in there do we have listed by name at least something that seems like a quote-unquote Avengers team-up movie. Yes. Now, if you look back to the MCU when it first started, unless I miscounted, which I could have, but I don't think I'd be that far off, there were five movies that came out before the very first Avengers movie. So you're talking about since Endgame came out, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, possibly twelve movies before we even have avengers so i'm, I'm kind of wondering what's going on there are, are they taking a break before they really reintroduce the avengers by kind of building all these individual characters up like are you going to have you know thor still or is it going to be you know whoever he hands that over to if that ends up being lady thor or whatever the mm-hmm. character's called uh when uh when that happens and that one obviously we know where that's coming is it going to be you know the new avengers made up of you know whoever the you know takes the black panther mantle obviously there's a lot of speculation that captain marvel is going to be kind of the new steve rogers kind of the new head uh of the avengers uh then you've got ant-man who's still in it which we already know is going to have kang uh, in it, and then you've got Guardians of the Galaxy, and then uh, apparently the introduction, the introduction of the Fantastic Four, and then you could have some other stuff sprinkled in before you even get to an Avengers movie. So that's that's mm-hmm. kind of my question: is is Kang actually going to be the next big bad? Like, if, if he's who's going to be an Ant Man as their villain that they're going to fight, is he really going to be that, or is he going to be the segue into what really is like is Kang going to be like Loki was to Thanos in other words kind of Loki was the bridge to the big bad of the first four phases right so is that what Kang's going to serve as is he going to serve as the gateway to uh Doctor Doom or Galactus or somebody like that so I'm just wondering what y'all's thoughts are on that I personally I think there's no way that they're going to do Fantastic Four without Doom. Like, they, they can't. They, we've been waiting for that for so long to to get the proper Doctor Doom. And I, I feel like there's no way that they don't do that. 
but also you're right like the whole kang thing is like he's he's also super badass and he's like one of the biggest villains as well and then there's all this talk about galactus and um so there's just so much that they can do and i worry that i wor- i see I, I always worry that they don't have the right direction of what where they're gonna go but they've never failed me yet right, right. like and I think that that's part of the beauty of the speculation is that no matter what they do, either if it's Kang's a big bad, either it's Doom, either they introduce Galactus, either one of those three, I would be absolutely bonkers for. It wouldn't matter which one of those they do put out there. Um, but I just feel like they need to, they're going to do it right. And it's just really just trusting what they're going to do. And yeah, I, I, I don't have any problem with with either one of those guys, but yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. What are you thinking, he, Joey? Are you thinking Kang's the next big bad, or you think he's the gateway to somebody else? That's I, I we discussed this too. I I think uh, as everything we've seen so far, Kang is the next big bad. Uh, mm. We haven't had any hints or suggestions otherwise, but it's still pretty early because honestly. Have we? Because like Nate says, you can't have Fantastic Four without Doctor Doom. That's true, but we still don't know how they're going to incorporate that. Because they've already had Phase Four written out for how long? Right. So who knows? That's true. Who knows? Who knows if Phase Four is going to be Kang, and then they move on to the next big bad after that? It, it just depends. Because with with the first three phases of the MCU. They already had, you know, Thanos written out everywhere. You know, they they hinted at him very early on, and they they even threw in some scenes in there without even an actor cast as him. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and they haven't really done that, you know. Uh, and no, I know we just haven't. wrapped up, and I get that, and I'm sure they have it sketched out. I'm sure Feige has an idea of where he's going, but you would think. If it's not going to be Kang, then they're going to have to throw in some mid or end credit scenes to mm-hmm. tease, right? So where they show maybe Kang's character talking to somebody else that, you know, the first time they show it, we don't see who it is. We just show him communicating with somebody else where he's more the underling. And then it's like, oh, wow, he's he's a he's a pretty big villain himself, but he's talking to somebody else like somebody else is in charge, you know? Yep. So it could be something like that. Or it could be Kang's just being built up because, you know, there's all those different iterations of him. That, that we could see that could be brought in, you know? I mean, besides Iron Lad, I mean, all the rest of them yes. are pretty much bad guys. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you could even see Iron Lad brought in if you're going to do, like, a Young Avengers type thing, right? Um, I was going to be... say, we've we've seen so many Young Avengers already introduced in the MCU. I really so feel that's... like that's going to be a Disney Plus series. Like, yeah, I, I so feel too. like that's going to be the next wave that they're going to announce, right? They've already announced all this other stuff coming, She-Hulk, Moon Knight, etc. I think that's going to be the next announcement, is that they're going to have... A Young Avengers series and that that very well could be something that turns into more of a multi-season type deal right we haven't heard anything for sure if WandaVision or, or Falcon or or one and done we did get confirmation Loki's having a season two obviously um, but Young Avengers seems like a multi-season type thing yeah. to where you get these young actors that you maybe throw into the movies every once in a while but you know it's something that maybe plays for three or four or even five seasons or something like that I can very well see that playing out that way yeah. so I mentioned season two of Loki um, I, I personally think it's going to be a while. Like, Oh yeah, for sure. 
It's going to take I, some time. I think it's either going to be end of I, I think I remember reading that they are scheduled to record in January, like to start um, recording production. Uh, production, yeah, excuse me. Um, so we could possibly see it end of 2022, beginning of 2023. My thoughts is it's going to be beginning of 2023 because I don't think Disney Plus is going to want it, and I don't think they have the properties yet to release things in conjunction with each other and what i'm trying to get at is you're supposed to have mandalorian season three and Mm. the book of boba fett coming out towards the end of 2022 Mm -hmm. so i don't think you're going to have this release at that same time i think you're going to have that release afterwards i I think at least for the next year or two i don't think you're going to ever have two things kind of released simultaneously i mean i know bad batch is is on right now while Loki was on, but that's also an animated show, so that's kind of different in my mind than than these actual produced live action TV shows. So first of all, that's my thought is that it's going to be 2023 probably before we see that. Which, if that's the case, guess when Ant Man and the Wasp comes out? Mm-hmm. February 2023. So to me, it's going to be either one of two things: either season. Th- two of Loki is going to lead into Ant-Man and the Wasp with Kang or it's going to take place I don't want to say simultaneously but very close to right afterwards Um, so maybe we don't see Kang destroyed or or done away with you know maybe they think he is and then he comes back in some other variation or something like that and then we see that in Loki season two so that's kind of my thought season two of Loki is either going to lead directly into Ant-Man 3 or is going to come directly excuse me after Ant-Man 3 great point uh you know kind of bridging that right into Ant-Man makes a lot of sense but we've also seen things move at the last second by by Kevin Feige and Marvel, especially with the pandemic. So, um, you know, for all we know, that scene with uh, uh, the Contessa in Black Widow, that should have been aired before the the Contessa scene in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, so uh, these timelines could could definitely change. But what what you suggested, if everything stayed exactly the way they've got everything planned out, would make sense. So I was just looking at, um, since we're talking about the villain here, I was looking at Nathaniel Richards. So he is the descendant of uh, Reed Richards' dad, who was well, like, kind of. Yeah, it's also the namesake. Yeah, namesake. Yeah. Yep. So in the um, notable aliases for Nathaniel Richards, they listed as Doctor Doom as one of variants. Yes. So, you know, again, that opens up the other possibility that, like, he could, there could be Doom and there could be, he could be Doom and Kang, you know what I I mean? (laughs) I believe they had, there was, like, a variant of of Nathaniel Richards where he had all of Doom's intellect Mm. and his armor, but he also had the time-traveling ability of Richards, so it was kind of like a, a... but yeah you know he's got a lot of potential to be multiple big bads yes. as one overall right so they could they could introduce they could go back in time and do the the tut stuff 
Um, they could obviously have him be, be Kang, which we've already talked about. They could have him be Immortus. They could explore the Iron Lad stuff, which at like some point from kind of what I understood in the comics, Iron Lad is like a good guy. Then he kind of goes back to being a bad guy and like separates from the armor, kind of like Ultron type thing. <clears throat> so there's a lot for them to explore and do with this to where it's like, okay, this is like a multi-layered bad guy right so it's mm -hmm. like thanos except it's not constantly thanos it's constantly a variation of nathaniel richards that they're fighting throughout different movies and then kind of maybe like just a culmination at the end like they all come back together or something like that um because doesn't this tie into secret wars it doesn't nathaniel richards and kang play a big role in, in secret wars which we know is coming yeah. out too and yep. then there's also god emperor doom i think i'm just doing a quick google here uh, God Emperor Doom is being mentioned here alongside in Secret Wars and also it is Reed who defeats him and restores the multiverse so it's it's also entirely possible they're setting up God Emperor Doom and the Fantastic Four being introduced uh, gives us a chance for uh, the timelines to get properly reset when he gets defeated, which is also absolute insanity if that happens. And you talking about insanity, what to me is really crazy is that list that we just went through that takes us through May of 2023 with Guardians 3 and then Fantastic Four still listed as to be announced as far as a date. Fantastic Four is the only Fox property that we talked about. You know, you still have all these other characters. It, I mean, the X-Men are like... Yeah, they're right there. <laughs> Dude, they're, Come on. <laughs> but, I mean, it's like 10, 20, 30 of those mm. just by themselves, you know? And you're not yeah. talking about all these other characters that they that they just acquired. Uh, I, I think we're going to start seeing, before we see their own, like, X-Men movie or something like that, and even before we get to the Fantastic Four movie, which obviously has been confirmed, I think we're going to start to see some of these characters introduced here and there in the other movies since they will get the sprinklings of them. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think we're going to see some of the mutants get, get introduced. Maybe some of the big ones, maybe some of the secondary ones. I don't know. I, I really have a feeling that there's a reason behind Feige and Hugh Jackman posting that picture the other day. I don't know what it is. It could be a multiverse type thing, but could that could be, be the troll. bridge. <laughs> it could be a troll. It could yeah. be a red herring. But it could be their way of introducing them is through the multiverse aspect, right? As to where they were this whole time. Right. Um, you got Deadpool, which obviously yes. we know is coming down the pipe. That him and Korg doing that Confirmed. review it's of Free Guy that was, was absolutely hilarious. Yeah, and I, I love hilarious. Korg. I, I really hope I've, I've said this. Like I said this when, whenever um, Thor Ragnarok came out. I, I need a buddy comedy with <laughs> with Korg and Meek. And, and some other random third person. I mean, if y'all want it to be Deadpool, that's fine. But I need that right. Disney Plus you series. Need, you need that, yeah. Korg is absolutely Deadpool one of my favorite Deadpool seems like he'd fit characters. in pretty much anywhere and everywhere. As long as it's rated oh, yeah. R. <laughs> right, they, yeah, it's, it's gotta be. They very well could start putting Deadpool in, like, every movie that hadn't started production yet. Like, just as a, like, weird cameo. Like, even if it's just, like, him in the background, just you know. walking by, getting Starbucks or something. Yeah, just, like, exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've already confirmed he's met with Feige. So. Right. So, so there's a lot coming and so I, I guess long story short we really don't know where they're going with this no. we have an no, idea 
of what they're mm-hmm. doing with it. But there's a lot of speculation, obviously, out in the interwebs uh, and amongst ourselves as to what they're going to be doing and, and how they're going to do it and who is going to be doing it, so to speak, as far as which characters are going to be brought into this fray. And again, we're all the way to May of 2023, and I don't see anything that's hinting at the new... It's not even like a placeholder, like the new Avengers or something like that, where it you know shows you know them getting back together. But they're going to have to get back together eventually, and then you have all these new people to choose from. So I'm very excited at what's going on. That, that could uh, be our next team-up is, you know, anything related to mutants. You know, I, I feel like if you're going to have all these big actors that a team-up movie would make sense to be able to bridge into the next big phase of the MCU. And mm-hmm. honestly, I, I feel it's it's introducing the, the mutants or the, you know, the X-Gene, something like that, you know. Um, I don't know. It, it, it feels like it's the, a natural spot to change phases in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, so when, when I was watching episode six of Loki and we were talking about the future of the MCU right now and when they looked into the timeline and then everything started branching, like I squealed because I was like, the possibilities of what the MCU and what Feige and what all the people at Marvel can do are at this point, literally endless. Right. Like they can, they can say anything is canon at this point in time. And they must be like just going absolutely insane because they can literally do it all. They can bring back Natasha. They can make an Iron Man three movie that didn't suck. They can, uh, <laughs> you know, they they could they could they could do anything and explain. They can explain mutants in any way possible. They don't even have to call them mutants. They can, you know, they can do anything at this point. And that's what has me honestly the most excited because I saw the trailer for the What If show and just. Besides the animation being amazing, besides hearing Chadwick's voice again, it was just, man, this is so cool. Like, being able to relive that moment when Tony was about to get blown up, and then, you know, Killmonger walks up and was yep. like, puts up, saves the day. And it's just like, it's insane. And they can do it all. And I think that's what is going to make the next phase of the MCU just that much more special, is they're going to use their imagination. They're going to do it right, but the imagination of what can be put onto that screen is going to be unbelievable. I think we're going to see some really, really awesome things in the next few years. Very excited, got, and hopefully, I got one of those two, I got two things. Bring back Daredevil. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of this, that actually bridges into my two things. Uh, when you were talking about that branching timeline screenshot, or mm-hmm. somebody posted a screenshot on Twitter of the branching timelines, and and the meme was, which one of these timelines is the Ben Affleck Daredevil? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, my my second thing is uh, going off of your your what if. So, when what if was announced, I was under the impression that these what ifs were uh, kind of like segmented or compartmentalized stories about what would have happened in a different universe. About uh, if Peggy Carter took the super serum, or it was you know the Ravagers ended up taking. T'Challa instead of uh, Star-Lord, you know? Um, But Hiddleston actually confirmed, uh, I think, either sometime this recent week, is that these what-if stories are actually connected to the next phase of the MCU. That's crazy. Really? That's interesting. I I had not heard that yet. Yeah, I'll have to find that, and I'll link it to you. But, I mean, it, it makes you think now that, like, 
these what ifs aren't just one offs. They may mm-hmm. actually be pictures of those branching timelines that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. And they're going to all of a sudden either be pruned or we're going to be uh, seeing what each of these branches, uh, what are the outcomes are in an animated form. I hope we get to see more animated MCU yeah. Marvel. I mean, obviously there's a ton of Marvel animated series, but I want ones that are directly tied to the overall MCU, right? And I, I think you can do, obviously, so much more with animation so so much cheaper, right? All you have to do is try to convince these people to come in and record some lines and, and put it together. So I, I think there's some potential there too. And I think depending on how they're received, uh, which I would assume would be well, uh, I think we're going to see more animated series come out too to where they can even further fill in some of these gaps in between movies and expand on. And who knows, that may be the form the Young Avengers take. That that could yeah. possibly be it. You know, it could be an animated or, you know, you can do so much with it. And I'm just... I'm just really excited about the the potential for again the movies coming down the line and the Disney Plus series that we're going to start seeing. Yeah, and they could sell more pops. Yes. Yes. More. Oh, don't. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to say, look, I'm just going to get like two from every Disney Plus uh, series, and right. um, why limit yourself? But uh, no, I'm like, uh, I don't know if I want to do that because then that might just be a you know a rabbit hole that i go too far down so i might not even just do that so i don't know what i'm gonna do just yet but yeah the merchandising and 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 that brings up a good point you know this stuff's making marvel a killing a ton of money with all the merchandising that goes along with it like how many how many people are buying you know alligator loki shirts you know right now and stuff so it's it's as long as it's continuing to churn out money for, for Marvel slash Disney, it's not going to be something that's going to go away for the foreseeable future. This is mm-hmm. this is definitely a, a train going down the tracks full steam ahead at this point. And there's I mean, think no about all the insight. merch they sell between uh, all the Marvel stuff and Mandalorian stuff. Yeah, all this it, Star it's Wars just, stuff. It's just, it's just crazy. Insane. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's that's just really literally they printing right money. Yeah. They, they that's just all need they the need Marvel there. and yeah. Star Wars, and they just keep going and just keep getting keep getting richer mash them together do a do a nice little christmas special you know remember when pick remember when pixar was their biggest studio yeah golly yeah pixar what (laughs) pixar eons ago yes um do you like so thinking about talking about birch real quick here i know marvel's they did a recent not recent like last few years they did a collab with adidas with some of the shoes with the avenger shoes and uh, those were hard to get like I had a difficult time finding uh, those shoes in stores. Could you imagine if Marvel did a proper link up with like Nike? Like that would be insane. I would go broke. I would absolutely be completely broke if they did like a line of Dunks with with Nike or something like that. They, it'd be it'd be insane. Disney must have some kind of deal with Adidas, though. I think so too. Yeah. You know, some kind of even, apparel deal. Yeah, yeah, because the Star Wars stuff is yeah. is Adidas. Really awesome too. Really awesome shoes with the even Adidas even uh, Kermit, Kermit the Frog, Adidas that uh, came out here not too long ago. The Muppets, mm. you know, and that's a that's a Disney property now too. So I guess mm. they have some kind of deal. But yeah, I'm with you. That merchandise just sells itself. You don't even mm. really have to try to you push it too to. hard. Yeah. Put the colorway on a, on a, on an Ultra Boost. I'm there. I'm I'm <laughs> uh, I'm there. Take my money. Just take my money. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like, so really quickly, you know, we talked about what's next for them. So you, so question for you guys, do you prefer these stories being told via multiple movies? Like, you know, in infinity war and Endgame being like a multiple massive movie, 
um, or like a multi-part movie, like kind of like Captain America kind of dragging on a bit further like that? Or do you prefer the six show episodic quick hit six weeks, you're done, tell the story kind of like WandaVision did and kind of like Loki did? Like, what, what would your preference be? I think it depends on the story that you're trying to tell, but also on how you're going to actually write it. Uh, we've had this conversation before, but I'm going to make mention of it, of it again. Um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier needed to be a movie. Black Widow, I think, needed to be a TV show. So, you know, when you have stuff like that, it just depends on, on what you're what you're trying to say um, to your audience and, and how you're trying to say it and how much detail you want to get into and that kind of stuff. I don't mind either, either way. Again, big fan of WandaVision. Thought that was great. Um, not so much on Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but again, the downside there is I felt like it should have just been a two and a half hour movie. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, agreed. One hundred percent. That's that's what it comes down to me. I don't I don't mind either form, whether it's short form just movie or long long form one season or even multiple seasons. As long as you tell the story well and you know it's it's written to fit that medium. If it's written to fit. A two and a half hour movie, great. If it's written to fit six to eight episodes, great. Just don't stretch out something that doesn't need to be stretched out. Falcon and Winter Soldier. Or don't leave me wanting more. Uh, the Black Widow thing I can accept more than the Falcon thing, if that makes sense. Like, okay, I get it. You wanted to give Black Widow her movie, which is great. I, I don't want to... I'm just saying there could have been more there um, that people could have enjoyed more. Um, but yeah, don't don't... I guess leave me wanting more is okay, like Black Widow did, but don't leave me being like, oh, this is just taking forever to finish, like Falcon and the Winter Soldier did. And mm-hmm. I'm sure that's something that they're getting feedback on, and that's something that probably over time they'll be fixing. But I'm I'm okay with either way as long as it's done. Long story short, I guess. Yeah. I, I agree with that one. Um, as much as I loved WandaVision, I, I don't think the way it was written would have worked translated very well on the big screen especially with the the parody episodes of their sitcoms Mm -hmm. definitely that would not that would not have worked on the big screen but they knew that and they knew Mm -hmm. they were uh, you know a a disney plus series and so they worked to that to their advantage um and i 100 percent agree that black widow as much as i loved it in the theaters could have also worked really well sitting on my couch on on the disney plus series uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier felt like it could have been a great movie. Um, if it was a movie and they probably would have been able to add, you know, some more dollars to their production budget, it would have been probably a phenomenal movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Agreed. Uh, Captain America Winter Soldier would never be able to see that as a TV series or a Disney Plus series because it, it, it still remains my number one favorite MCU property. And thinking about whether I would break that into six, eight episodes probably wouldn't work for me mm-hmm. congratulations so, yeah. asian joey you are now the number one joey in my heart <laughs> i knew it uh, with that winter soldier comment because that is it. my favorite uh mcu property of all time as well um but yeah you're, you guys are absolutely nailed it i think it's it's all about how you tell the story like i really really enjoyed black widow i think black widow was fine as a movie i would have also probably really enjoyed it just as much if it was like a six-part spy thriller series because you can 
cut that up into a bit more storytelling. You have one full episode on the Red Room when they were growing up. You got a one full episode on uh, what the Red Room is currently. You know, you could fill in a lot more of the gaps that kind of they and they, they, flesh they, out these characters. Yeah, That's and then the flesh out thing. the characters much more. Such yep. great characters that we didn't mm-hmm. get to see really expanded on, mm-hmm. especially like the Red whole Guardian. Taskmaster thing as well. Like or just, Taskmaster that could yeah, be a whole episode. Like yeah. you could have just explained 100%. a lot more. Uh, about what Taskmaster was, even if you don't divulge too much into it, but it's just more than, you know, that reveal, you know, and the reveal was cool, but also like you could have given us a bit more. Um, Some backstory but, on Dracoff and you yeah, know, yeah, maybe yeah. his, his motivation behind why he wants to have so many black widows across the world mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that would have been mm-hmm. great. Absolutely mm-hmm. agree. Yeah. And also like the, uh, yeah, same Falcon Winter Soldier. I feel like if, there was a lot of filler in in the episodes that they did on Disney Plus, and that's why I think I got kind of bored with it. Was because the characters I the characters that I know from from Falcon and Bucky were uh, I you knew a lot about them going into the show as it was, so I don't think they needed a lot more backstory in into the to the background. It was just like they could have went right into the action, right into. Um, how he evolved himself as the character versus kind of the way I felt like it dragged on through the series. And they needed to do that to kind of fill out, you know, the episode quota. Um, so again, like having a two hour movie for that would have been way more fun uh, than, than, than the episodic stuff that they did with that. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. So it's been fun. Uh, it's been, this is truly just the beginning. As you can see, if you've watched the end of Loki, this is literally the beginning of uh, phase four is this phase four or phase five phase four phase of the MCU. Four. yeah phase four of the mcu um which is gonna be a wild ride i'm glad theaters are open again i'm glad that we're getting tv shows in production you know actors are back to work mm-hmm. more hype more more speculation and i love it i'm here for all of it and i really can't uh wait to see what happens and it's truly one of those things with marvel that for me I've yet to be disappointed. Like there's hasn't been something that I've just looked at and been like, man, I wish they did this instead. Sure. I, of course I wish they did something different at some points, but I wasn't disappointed with what they ended up giving me as opposed to what I was speculating myself. So speaking of back to work, uh, Hiddleston's been spotted in Atlanta filming scenes for, uh, no way home. Ooh, really interesting. Ooh, it's possible. I'm, 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 I'm saying it right now. It's possible that that entire movie is in a random multiverse that he got pulled into, and he's trying to trying to get back to the main timeline. We shall see. We shall see. Joey, thank yes. you. Not You're you, welcome. the other Joey. Oh, thank you for joining us today for this discussion. It's always nice to get your opinion on it, as you do. Uh, have a lot more of the the comic knowledge and just um, a different perspective than us on this, and it's really great to to hear your your thoughts on it. I always love nerding out with you guys. We love <laughs> having you, man. We love having you on. You should you should be here more often. Do it. Definitely. Just take it does, for Clint. It does. <laughs> it falls right in line with my kids' dinner and bedtime, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, where can we uh, where can we find you on Twitter or Instagram? Oh, that's or complicated, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's a very complicated question. On Instagram, it's at uh, rice underscore balls. <laughs> rice with uh, a Y and balls with a Z. Balls with a Z. Yep. Uh, on 
on Twitter, I'll just I'll just explain it like nothing's going on. Uh, it's also at Rice Balls uh, Y and then a Z. Um, some interesting things going on with with Twitter right now. So if you don't find me, you don't find me. But I'll be there. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, this has been a lot of fun. We're gonna be obviously talking more MCU as the shows and as other things happen, as more speculation comes up. So this is not the last that we'll have Joey on. Uh, with us uh, talking MCU and also just talking other things in general. He's He's got more knowledge than just MCU knowledge, so I'm sure we'll find another topic to have him back on and uh, chat with us. <laughs> a Target episode. We'll have a whole episode on Target. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, as always, uh, make sure you're following us, uh, us as in the tall Joey and myself and Clint. We are on the Twitter, uh, the underscore dorksman. Uh, that's on Twitter and Instagram. You can always email us at dorksman at gmail.com. Uh, Clint is away. I think he'll be back for Tuesday game night, so just be uh, keep an eye out on Twitter for that. Clint will uh, share what he's playing. It's going to be some sort of Nintendo game. I think he had a schedule up there on Twitter somewhere that I completely ignored because I don't pay attention to our Twitter as much as I should. Um, don't let Clint hear that. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, hopefully we're going to get our game nights uh, on Friday nights started up again in the next few weeks um i'm kind of set up to stream so i'd love to run a jackbox game night or two uh in the near future so we'll definitely be keeping everyone in a loop for that uh, that would be i think it'll be a lot of fun to see everybody back out on uh, the friday night um yeah is there anything else from either one of the joeys before nope. we wrap it up no all right well thank you again for listening this week uh Clint will hopefully be back at some point. We don't know. He's stuck in a multiverse of his own, possibly getting real high <laughs> or attending weddings. Um, but, yeah, with that, that's my secret. I'm always angry. For all time, always, Clint will be a dingus. Oh, well, rice balls. <laughs> I like the man just shouts his own name. <laughs> This has been a Cross the Streams Media Podcast.